Welcome to the Yerdiwaze Front Page Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Kimberly Cross Zachary and Allison Jacobs about the new Gunawage Tourism Survey, as well as the three-year strategic plan for the industry. Hey everyone, my name is Jordan Standup. I am the assistant editor here at Yerdiwaze, and today I am joined by two special guests in studio. First of all, I have tourism development agent Kimberly Cross Zachary, as well as Dewa Dunizakta's marketing and tourism manager, Allison Jacobs. So welcome to the studio. Go ahead. Thanks Wait, for having thank us. You. It's really nice to see you guys in person, considering what we've all been living through for uh, the past year and change. I know it's been so long. I barely recognized you. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice to see people. Definitely. Definitely. So we're here today to talk about a new survey that's been launched by Gunawage Tourism. But before we get into that, we wanted to talk a little bit about what tourism does in the community. So Kimberly, if you could maybe start us off by talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I'd like to give, I guess, a little overview of the different things that we offer and provide. In a nutshell, we offer guided tours. So during the summer months, beginning in May, up until about September, October, we offer planned guided tours throughout the community. So that's going from the Welcome Center, perhaps to the Shrine of St. Kateri, to the Ganyakahaga Ungwanardaudijakwa Language and Cultural Center at their museum. And then we do walking tours as well. So sometimes around the Cenotaph area, um, the historical village area is what we call it because of the old fort. And then depending on the interests of our visitors, sometimes we'll take them for a walk along down to the Quebec Bridge Memorial on the bike path. And um, if they're interested in heading out to any restaurants or boutiques, we'll point them out in those directions or we'll directly stop there with them. And uh, if it's a larger group, which it hasn't been this year because of COVID, um, but in the past we've had some large groups, maybe a bus of 60 people and we do a bus tour. So that'll go around the whole community and they'll get a better scope of, you know, how large the community is and all the different things that we have here um, that are different from a city. Some of the other things that we do offer, I'm just going to run through it, I guess, uh, by the calendar year, because it's kind of like you can put it in your mind of of what we do. So um, January and February are usually pretty quiet for us. Um, this coming year, we're hoping to plan some sort of comedy event in February. In March, we usually have our uh, Maple Food Festival. It goes with all the other food festivals throughout the year where we encourage businesses in Gahanawage to participate and offer something to do with um, maple throughout that time. And we do all the promotions. We do promotions here in Gahnawage and we do some external promotions as well. Every year we get a little larger um, depending on the budget because, you know, our budget is limited. And we also do Facebook boost posting. So we're really targeting, uh, you know, our neighbors, our neighboring communities for those festivals. And we created those, the food festivals, so that when we have visitors coming, they have something to do that's traditional in in a form and they can learn about our cycle of ceremonies because you know visitors can't come to our longhouse we don't open that to them so we wanted to give them a, a feel of okay well this is the these are the ceremonies we're doing like we'll show them a picture and then they're just standing there thinking about it like but i just don't understand <laughs> so this is a good way for them to really get into it and then taste our our typical dishes uh, that we would cook at home so after March, usually April, May, we're planning a spring concert. And we've done that in partnership with the Gahnawage schools with their Sistema music program. And we've partnered with the Shrine for that as well. So the church has the like good acoustics and everything for a nice concert. Um, so we've hosted a spring concert there. 
And then we go into June. And of course, that's the beginning of our season usually. So our tours are are popping at that time. Right. <laughs> um, then we get into June where we begin planning our strawberry food festival. And then usually we have little pop-ups for artisans to set up and have sales. So we either call them cultural days, but it's nice because a lot of the different business owners and artisans are doing it themselves now. So maybe we're going to not have to do that as much anymore. Uh, then we go into the end of the summer and we have our corn fest. Uh, we go to Harvest Fest in September, October. This past year, we helped with the economic summit. So really engaging the business community and seeing where they want to go. Some of the other things that we do this coming year, we're going to be working with the golf clubs and creating packages for people to try out all the different clubs, whether you're from Gahnawaga or not, and partnering up with restaurants as well. So to create like little voucher. So that's going to be fun and interesting. I'm going to let Allison fill in some gaps here that I might be forgetting. <laughs> well, I don't know if everyone knows, but the tourism office has been open since 2012. Uh, Kimberly came on board to do the development of tourism for Gunawage. We definitely had a need to create uh, a tourism office. And, and with the canonization of Cattery, that's where the uh, that's where it started because we weren't sure of um, the influx of tourists that were coming in and how it would be managed. So that's basically how it started. So we get about an average of 1,600 visitors um, a year at the at the Welcome Center. And as well, we we actually funnel, we funnel a lot of calls for the powwow when it comes in. They call, ask, can they come into the community? Where do they buy tickets? And then we were selling tickets for the powwow. So we also have um, uh, support that as well. And the church, they get, we're getting an average, the shrine, about 4,000 people. So... Right now, I would say on an average, we get people that we know of around 14,000 people a year coming into the community. So Kimberly has created the foundation of tourism in terms of structuring it, uh, making uh, guided tours available, making online bookings available, uh, as well as planning visits. So people that come in are already know what they're going to do. They meet a guide. They go to the shrine, they can go to the museums, they can go to different sites. We can arrange restaurant um, lunches, which we've done in the past, and as well visits to various craft stores. So, and, and of course, we give heads up right to the restaurant. We say we have a bus coming in, 50 people, they're coming in, we'll arrange. We give them a heads up that they're prepared. Sometimes we can arrange a special uh, lunch specifically for um, depending on the budget of the, the visitors. So that's done as well. Um, then we could call the stores and let them know that, you know, there's a bus coming in to shop just to give you a heads up. So we do support our businesses and make sure that they're not overwhelmed by uh, influx of people coming in. So that's really important to us as well. So it's very structured. And as well, Kimberly, in setting the foundation, has been responsible to do the signage in the in Ganawage so everybody will know where to how where to get to, how to get to the welcome center. There's different signage and as well as to identify where the golf clubs are. Uh, so she's been working on that and it's been very um, useful. Uh, people have uh, used them, you know, to be able to find us. So it's great. I mean, we have Google Maps, but the signs are still relevant. And so that was a nice design that she had put together. And then with that, we have the map as well. So we kind of took the map that Dewudini Zakta had already done for Shop Ganawage, um, I don't know, since... 2000s. Um, and we kind of updated it. And now we use it mostly as a tourism map. And uh, we've migrated the shop map more to just online. 
so that we can keep it more up to date with business changes. They can update their hours. And um, so what we do is we print that. And we also have an interactive digital version that we launched through during the summer so that people can click on the business that they want to visit or the destination and get like directions on Google Maps directly where they have to go. And I mean, tourism, Kahnawake tourism specifically plays such a big role in our community. And it used to seem as though it was a behind the scenes role. But, you know, thanks to these things, like you were saying, with the maps and the signs and, you know, Kahnawake tourism is definitely becoming more and more visible in the community, especially over the last few years. And that kind of takes us to today where you guys are actually carrying out a survey now as we speak. Yeah. So uh, we're really excited for this process that we're uh, undertaking right now. And it's really critical for what we're doing. Um, like Allison had mentioned, we began the tourism development project in 2012. And that was based off of, you know, a couple of people coming, well, not a couple, but a group of people coming together and, you know, putting their ideas together, brainstorming, uh, creating a plan for development of what the shrine was offering, and then spin off from that how we could increase tourism as well. So now we really want to hear, okay, so those people had their ideas, but what does the greater community want to see? You know, wh where do people want to be involved? Where do they not want to see tourism? How do they want to see it grow? So it's super important. And that's what we're really trying to get out there is that if you have something to say, if you want to voice your opinion, that really now is the chance. Um, we always have an open door policy anyway, you know, like our welcome center is open to everybody, not just visitors. And we have community members come in all the time and we have chats and, you know, somebody, a staff is always there and we're always welcome to hearing what everybody has to say. But especially right now, we want to hear because with all the data that we're collecting from this survey, it's going to be compiled. Every concern, every opinion, idea, we're going to look at and see how we can incorporate it into what we are going to be doing in the future. So how do community members participate in this survey so that they can have their say to Kanawage tourism? Well, Planet Consulting has been uh, hired to conduct the survey, and that started uh, November 25th, and it's going to run until December 19th. So they're doing... They're doing mostly by telephone, telephone. and um, they're really hoping to get a lot of people by telephone. There is an online version, but we want to really hear people's comments and concerns, because you don't, you don't get the same thing mm -hmm. when you fill out an online survey. We, you know, we don't want things to get you know, cross between the lines and not understand what people mean. So by telephone, they can really, you know, gauge what people are saying and give us that uh, interpretation. You have to email at Planet Consulting and uh, you can call them as well at Planet Consulting and they'll set you up with a surveyor and that way you're, you'll be able to participate. And it's not a very long survey either, right? It takes roughly 10 minutes or so to complete, which isn't very long at all in terms of surveys of this size. Exactly. I did bring the survey uh, so we could go over some of the questions so that, uh, you know, listeners out there are aware. And maybe you can start thinking if you do want to participate in the survey about your answers and, uh, you know, call up one of the surveyors and make a make a time. And just to mention that uh, Planet has also um, organized some different kiosks so they'll be available in the community so people that are going to the post office for an example can go into the lobby at the Udunizakta when she's there uh, that's all being promoted now um, I'm not sure where her other locations are but she wants to be accessible I think she was also stopping at the youth center for people who are coming in and accessing their programs and services um, I believe they were also going to set up at the hospital if that was possible and potentially the elders lodge as well 
it sounds like it's been made very convenient for community members to be able to participate in the survey, then there's really no reason not to. We're really trying. <laughs> we're, we're hoping, you know, we'd like to get a, a large um, uh, volume of, of comments and um, people participating so we can have more of a an inclusive plan moving forward because we're, we are planning, uh, we're doing our three-year strategic plan and we want to make sure that we're hearing from a large amount of community members. And whether you're in business or not, you're a community member. And so we want to hear what your thoughts are about it. Were you wanting to maybe give a couple of examples of a few sure. of the questions, Kimberly? So um, one of the questions is uh, how aware people are of the different efforts that we've been doing. So maybe this podcast is going to <laughs> help with people's awareness of you know what we've done in the past. Another is what are the biggest challenges that are preventing further development of tourism in Kahnawake? And perhaps another one would be, you know, what? their perspective is of tourism in the community. So what are the benefits? Is there an opportunity to grow tourism in Kahnawake? And what are those opportunities? If people agree or disagree with the development of tourism in Kahnawake. So that might be a big one as well. And then which attractions in Kahnawake do they think should be prioritized for development in Kahnawake? In what areas should we more develop to highlight our cultural traditions? So and, and that's where we're looking to get people's feedback of we want to maybe create like a guideline of what can and can't be shared. You know, so we have our powwow and we have our social night. You know, that's OK to be shared. So what's not OK to be shared? Like we want to create those discussions so that we know where the boundaries are set. I have an idea and, and you know. We only share certain things with visitors anyway, but it's important that we do that. And, and in my research, I've learned that a lot of communities, when they're beginning their tourism development, that that's what they do. In speaking with the community, with their elders, they create a cultural guideline for sharing so that nothing is being overshared. And, you know, things are very sacred to us and we keep them to ourselves. Earlier, Allison, you mentioned that this survey was part of a, a larger three-year strategic uh, planning. I know that there already has been some community consultations with, you know, different uh, assets or facts of the community. Also youth. I know that, uh, Kimberly, you were mentioning that getting feedback from the youth was very important in this process as well. I think, yeah, the youth, it's so important when we're doing any type of planning at Kahnawake, right? We need to look at, well, who's going to be our workers? You know, who are going to be our educators? Who are going to be the next generation of leaders in the community? What do they want to see? You know, how do they want to see it move forward? We're creating all these different things, different business opportunities. But what if our youth are not interested in that? Then maybe we should go in a different sector. Like that's part of what Dewutunisakta always does. And, you know, they work with the youth every year with like the summer jobs and the heads up program. And, and they get to hear that feedback from them. So this is another way that we really want to see, okay, well, what do you want to see with tourism? So we had our uh, youth session at the youth center and uh, we had really good feedback from the kids. Um, and I can say kids now because I'm not a kid anymore, <laughs> 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 but like really good feedback. And they have similar perspectives to adults, but very different at the same time. And what their priorities are, are different. So it's nice to hear 
you know, from all people. So youth are still able to participate um, in the survey. You have to be 16 and over. And I guess if there's a youth who is younger, who's maybe listening, then they can do it with their parents. Excellent. And and there's been other community uh, consultation sessions in November as well, I believe, right? Yep. So uh, we had our strategic planning sessions, one of the first uh, couple leading up to this survey. So we do have a company that we're working with uh, from Montreal. It's called Floor 13. And they are very, very experienced in the tourism industry. And what we're doing is we called them our first stakeholder sessions. So we met with the different organizations. We met with the different attractions. Our tour guides were invited. Business people were invited, as well as we opened some of them up to community members as well, um, because we thought it was important. Well, first, before we go to the large community, Let's look at, okay, what are the things that we're doing? And like Allison said, even within those sessions with the people who are mostly engaged, we found gaps that people are still unaware of or duplicating services. So let's not duplicate services anymore and just work together. Um, I also think that people aren't even aren't aware that there are, you know, 55 communities and 11 nations in Quebec and they all have some tourism offerings. There are so many opportunities there for our youth to create uh, youth or uh, adults to create experiences for people coming to Kahnawake. There's a great economic potential there, and we see it. We do have good collaboration with businesses now. Oizogu Lahash for One had uh, her art studio, and we were just incorporating that in in sort of like a tour so people can go in to see her artwork and maybe have demonstrations. But, you know, COVID, of course, kind of quashed that. But um and also with our festivals, we have good participation with the businesses. People are enjoying it. So there is potential. I mean, people, tourists that come, they want an experience. They want to leave having uh, a good experience if it's not like a physical, but an experience in terms of learning something that they didn't know. And uh, I think um, maybe Kimberly didn't touch on this, but there is going to be eventually a cultural center. You want to talk a little bit about that because you're participating? Yeah. So um, we're working with the uh, Cultural Center and the Turtle Island Theater on their new village, which is now kind of being titled the Cultural Village Project. So we're working closely with them, with their capital campaign, with all their planning, uh, because it is going to be a huge factor in our tourism development. And that's why we, we based our current strategic plan on a three-year plan in the goal that our cultural village will be built <laughs> and then we'll be re-strategizing at that point. But I mean, the potentials when that building is open right now, during the summer, we could receive one tour bus a day and they can do the regular circuit that we offer. Uh, with that building, we could potentially still do that one tour bus a day or more because we'll have that large building capacity. There will also be the opportunity for shows. So a more event based tourism, you know, theater shows, the cultural center will have their new there. Um, we'll be able to do comedy shows. We'll be able to bring in different productions as well. And even just discussions like cultural talks or having a group there with, you know, like I know KSCS and KOR, they often offer them during Spirit of Wellness and uh, Cultural Awareness Month where they have guest speakers and speaker series. So, you know, we can do it there and we can also offer it to our sister communities. So something that kind of people sometimes don't think about is tourism isn't just for non-Indigenous people. Our own people can be tourists. Anybody who's coming to the community as a visitor is categorized basically as a tourist. What are they doing and what are they seeing when they come here? So it's a good opportunity for us to be able to network with our different sister communities and 
and get them coming here for all the different things that we offer. The other part about tourism is also everybody, all the visitors who come in are able to get accurate information about our culture and our history. They're not hearing it from, they're not reading in the paper something that's not necessarily true. External media, they sort of, you know, frame it the way they want to frame it. And I think that this is a really good opportunity to begin or to continue to educate people about who we are, our struggles, what our culture is about. And uh, I think that tourism has a, a great potential to mm -hmm. expand. And with the Cultural Center, I think that's going to be an amazing place to showcase who we are as uh, Ganyagaha people. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. They, have, they already have a great plan of how their museum will be laid out and uh, the different areas that will be like temporary exhibits. So, you know, being involved in that planning process is just like so exciting and um like rewarding because you know i'll be able to use that and go there with my kids and say well this is our museum you know you go all over the place like if we go to ottawa and you go to like the ottawa natural museum of history or like there's so many places that we go to other museums now hey look come learn about us and and allison was mentioning earlier how important it is for us to be teaching our own mm -hmm. culture and teaching mm -hmm. our own ways teaching about our community i think that's one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest factors in absolutely. all of that absolutely and that's what like indigenous tourism canada indigenous tourism quebec like they're working with the larger organizations like destination canada and that's what people want they want indigenous people to be giving the indigenous experiences and telling our stories and our history. People don't want to hear it from non-natives. And there's kind of been a shift in the tourism industry where the way that people used to travel, like, you know, going in and just like being there for the day in and out, rush, 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 and taking your pictures and leaving. It's not like that anymore. People really want to be almost, I guess, immersed into something they want to have that life-changing experience. And that's the trend in tourism right now. So there's a lot of opportunity, as, as Allison had said, you know, like we're full of ideas of different things that people could do. Like it's just a matter of people doing them because as the tourism office, we can't do everything and we encourage business development. One of the things I just wanted to go back and talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about was the actual three-year strategic planning that's going on. I was just wondering what the community could expect to see more of in, you know, the coming months in regards for tourism. Well, in the next coming months, really, it's post-pandemic recovery. So we're really going to be getting back to what we did before. So back to our 2019 standards, getting our feet back in the water and, and taking those baby steps to, to be a, a tourism destination again. Our, a lot of our networks with tourism operators are ready to go and visitors are ready to go. It's just a matter of saying, OK, now it's time. So this year, I'm hoping that we can just get back to the regular standards. And in 2023 is when we'll really start to take this plan. I mean, during 2022, we'll look at it and, and see where we can develop and look for different, maybe if there's funding, if we're going to develop in different areas, where can we apply for funding? And in 2023, we'll really start to roll out this strategic plan. Well, we certainly covered a lot of bases today. <laughs> I mean, this is some really, really exciting stuff. I didn't know if there was anything else that you ladies wanted to add about uh, tourism. I think we pretty much covered everything, but I just want to, you know, let the community know that you can call the Welcome Center at any time. And if you have any questions, if you have family coming in and you want them to have a tour, those things can be arranged. Uh, we've done that in the past mm -hmm. uh, and we're looking forward to gathering all the data 
that's going to come in from our community so we can make a good plan that's acceptable to, mm-hmm. to everyone. Well, thank you both for coming in today and sharing all of this wonderful information. I can't wait to see what uh, tourism has in store for us over the next coming months and even into the coming years. So, nyawa goa, ladies. Nyawa for having us. Thanks for listening to your Diwaze's front page. Stay up to date with all your Diwaze podcasts, including The Lead, Profiles, The Cycle, and Front Page by following the Your Diwaze podcast channel on Apple, Spotify, and Google. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your Diwaze and its employees.